The struggle is real because the flesh is weak. We set our minds to become more like Christ, to be more submissive and less argumentative, to show respect to our husbands, to be more patient, loving, and kind to those around us. However, we often get frustrated by our weaknesses and our failure to truly change. We lose hope because no matter how hard we try, we continue to struggle to become that godly woman that we want to be. But what if I told you that it doesn't have to be this way? That God has provided for you a teacher and a helper. One who not only comes alongside you, but actually works in you to renew your mind and to make you more like Christ. Would you want this in your life? Well, then stick around as I tell you all about it. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time, and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. ask you something. Have you been trying to be Christ-like in your own strength? And how's that working out for you? I would imagine probably not very well. We are raised to be independent women, to be self-reliant, to buckle down and to dig in when the going gets tough, to stand on our own two feet, solve our own problems, and to do it my way and to make life what I want it to be. However, God tells us something completely different. He tells us that as believers, we are to be fully dependent on Him, and that without Him, we can do nothing. We realize this to be true, and we try to be like Christ in our own strength, only to fail time and time again. So in our fall Bible study at my church, I've been teaching the ladies from the book. It's called Growing Your Faith by Jerry Bridges. And we haven't been all the way through the book yet, but I can tell you that so far, It has been really great, and I highly recommend it. Through this study, we have been learning the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that He actually has the responsibility to teach us and to develop the lesson plans, if you will, to teach and to change us to become more like Christ. We've talked about the tools that He uses, as well as our total dependency on Christ to learn and change anything about ourselves. 
This has been so enlightening and helpful that I wanted to share it with you as well. See, it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can change in any way to become like Christ. So often we try to rely on our own strength and our own ability to do this. And if I try hard enough, and if I have sheer determination, I will prevail over my sinful ways and my sinful desires. However, John 15, 5 tells us that this is simply not possible. It says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, which is Jesus, you can do nothing. So no matter how hard we try, no matter how determined that we may be, we cannot change ourselves with any kind of lasting effect on our own. We will not become the godly wife or the godly mom that we desire to be without the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we accepted Jesus's gift of salvation, we became a new creation. Our heart was changed, and now we have the power of Christ in us to follow his precepts. Before salvation, we could only try to be godly in our own strength, which will always fail at some point. But now we have the power of Christ, which never fails. In the book, the author points out Paul and his statement of, I can do everything through him who gives me strength, which is Philippians 4.13. And so I want to share with you something that it says in the book, because I really like the way that it is written. It says, Paul expected to grow in his own spiritual life, and he expected to be fruitful in his ministry. His confidence, however, was not based on his own ability or determination, but in the fact that he could rely on the power of Christ working in him to enable him. This is what allowed Paul to be able to be the believer that he was, was the Holy Spirit working in him. And the Holy Spirit works in us as well in the same way. When we grow in our faith or to become more like Christ, We don't do it on our own. We can only do it by the power of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit who now lives inside us. Therefore, we must learn to be dependent, dependent upon the righteousness of Christ for our acceptance with God and dependent on the power of Christ for our ability to pursue his righteousness. Once we became believers, we began that sanctification process by which we are transformed to become more like Christ. And one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to be our teacher, to work in us by renewing our mind and to help us grow spiritually. In John 14, 26, we read, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the Holy Spirit in his wisdom, he's in charge of your spiritual growth. He knows exactly what you need to learn and when you need to learn it, when that right time is for you to take that step of faith or to grow in that way. And he chooses how it is that you will learn this lesson and how it is that you will grow. In John 16, 13, we read, However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is our teacher of all things godly in this life, our godly character, our godly responses to situations, the biblical truths as a guide to our life. The Holy Spirit teaches us all of these things so that we can grow in 
and become more like Christ. As with any student-teacher relationship, both parties have their roles and they have their responsibilities in the learning process. And so we just talked about the Holy Spirit's role as our teacher. So then what is our responsibility as the student? Well, first, we need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We are responsible to respond to him when he draws us towards spiritual growth. You know those nudges that we get to attend church or to spend time in prayer, to read our Bibles or to be involved in ministry or to help someone in need? When these things happen, we are to be sure not to ignore them, not to push them aside or to rationalize why we can't do it, but to be fully dependent on the Holy Spirit to help us in this and to carry out what he has called us to do. One of the really cool things is that the Holy Spirit doesn't just teach us externally like we're used to with, you know, with our teachers in any other area, but actually works inside of us to give us the ability to step out in faith when we are willing to be totally dependent on him. We are not meant to try to live out God's precepts on our own. We must be fully dependent on the Holy Spirit obedient to his work and what he's doing to change our lives and to work in us. The second responsibility that we have is to set our minds on the things of the spirit. The spirit is willing, but yes, the flesh is weak. And we all know this because we all wrestle with sin. And I'm sure many of you know exactly what I'm talking about here. When we do the things that we don't want to do, and then we don't do the things that we want to do. And we're not alone of this. Every believer has this same struggle. As a matter of fact, in Galatians 5.17, it tells us, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So setting our minds on the things of the spirit can help us with this conflict. In Romans 8, 5, and 6, it tells us, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What we choose to allow to influence us in our daily lives will determine where our mindset is. So in the book, the author has this diagram of a continuum, and really it's nothing more than a straight horizontal line with an arrow on one end that points to the sin of society and then an arrow on the other end, which points to the word of God. So what we choose to spend our time in, the activities that we choose to be involved in, the people that we hang out with, the books we read, the shows we watch, the podcasts or the music that we listen to, all of these things influence us in either one direction or the other. They're either going to bring us closer to the sinful society that we live in or they're going to bring us closer to the word of God. So then what is our goal? Obviously, to be closer to the word of God, right? And we must have this picture of this goal. The goal is to become more like Jesus in both word and deed, to sin no more, to love others sacrificially, to forgive others the way that he has forgiven us, to show his grace and his mercy, and to have knowledge of the scriptures, and to faithfully trust and obey the Father. We do not fully reach this goal on this side of heaven, so don't ever think that you have arrived, that there's no reason for you to not attend church anymore, or I've got all this, we're good. Because really, 
We continue to learn this until we are called home to the Father. However, the closer we get to becoming more like Christ, the more wisdom we have, the more peace and joy that we have in our lives because we're following his precepts. We are depending on him and his will for our lives and not our own. The Holy Spirit has certain tools that he uses to be able to teach us to become more like the Father. And the primary tool that he uses to transform us is God's inspired word. It's like our textbook in this teacher-student relationship, our guide to life and godliness. In Romans 15, 4, it says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. It is the scriptures that teach us how to do this life, that teach us how to have godly marriages, how to be the women and the wives and the moms that we want to be. It is the scriptures that bring us hope and peace in our lives. Our Bibles are a very important part of the learning process, and therefore it's imperative that we have one that truly does depict the Word of God. There are two types of Bibles out there. The first one being a literal translation of the original scriptures. And this means that it is a literal translation from the text of the Greek and the Hebrew to English. And the King James Version is the most literal translation. However, it can be a little difficult to try to read because of all the these and the thous and the shalts and the shalt nots and all of that. Because, you know, we don't talk like that anymore. We don't write like that anymore. So it's very unfamiliar to us and can become confusing. However, there is the New King James Version, the NASB, which is the New American Standard Bible. So the ESV, which is the English Standard Version, and the MEV, which is the Modern English Version. These are all translations from the Greek and Hebrew. However, they are written using the modern English language of today. The text is the same. The meaning is the same. It just doesn't read like some Shakespearean play. The second type of Bible out there is interpretation of the original scriptures. And in this case, the writer has taken those literal translations and paraphrased them in hopes in making it easier to read. Some examples would be the ASV, which is the American Standard Version, the NIV, which is the New International Version, the NLT, which is the New Living Translation, or the Message Bible. But the problem with this is that in doing so, you lose some of that original content of God's word and you often end up with somebody's idea of what they think the scriptures mean or a watered down version of God's true word. The sellers of these interpretations want to make you believe that you need this in order to be able to understand God's word. That, you know, maybe it's going to make the new believer to read their Bible more or make a teenager read their Bible more. Or this is a Bible that's made just for women, so it's made just for you. But this simply isn't true. Part of the Holy Spirit's job is to teach us and to help us understand the scriptures. So we need to make sure that we have scriptures that are God's true word and then rely on the Holy Spirit to help us understand what they are saying. So let's take the American Standard Bible, for example. The ASV was written by scholars from various denominations such as Baptist, Dutch Reformed, Friends, Episcopal, and Unitarian. 
Their basis for their version was the King James Version. It is not a translation of the Greek and the Hebrew. So these various religions, such as the Baptists and the Episcopalians, they have very different views. And some of their teachings are very different from one another. So whatever they have in these scriptures has to be some kind of a compromise of, well, I believe it's this way. Well, I believe it means this. And then compromising as to what they actually put in the book. The word of God is never compromised. When you have the true scriptures, when you have the true translation of God's word, then there is never a compromise as to what it means. And in a minute, we're going to compare two scriptures from these two different types of Bibles. And you'll see a little bit better about what I mean in the fact that the paraphrased versions can actually give us some different information and lead us down the wrong road. So some may wonder, what confirmation do we have that the scriptures are even true, that they're that they are God's words and not the word of men? And so men wrote the scriptures and they did so using like their own vocabulary and their own writing style. However, the Holy Spirit guided them in every word that was written. In 2 Timothy 3.16, we read, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. God moved in these men to write what he had them write in their own writing styles, but they are the word of God. And so we can see here that clearly God told all the scripture that is given by inspiration of God. It all comes from him and it is to be used for our reproof, for our correction and our instruction in righteousness. So let me tell you what the same verse, so 2 Timothy 3.16 says in the ASV, which is the American Standard Version. It says this, Every scripture inspired of God is also profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, which is in righteousness. So the phrase, every scripture inspired of God, that leads you to believe that maybe not all scripture is inspired of God. Like some scriptures are inspired of God, but then there are some who that are not inspired of God. And when we look at the New King James Version, it clearly tells us that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So do you see how just changing that little bit can make a difference? And so then it's like, okay, so every scripture inspired of God, so maybe not all scripture is inspired of God. And then it says, is also profitable for teaching. Well, what do you mean also profitable? Like what else is it for if it's not just for profitable for teaching and for reproof? So what is the also for. So do you see how that actually makes it more confusing than what the original scriptures tell us? And this is why it's so very important to make sure that we have a version, that you have a Bible that is an actual translation and not an interpretation of the scriptures. And then in 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21, we read this. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you will do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, 
that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that moved these men to write the Scriptures, and it is the Holy Spirit that teaches us what the Scriptures mean and how to change our lives. We can rest assured that the scripture is both reliable and authoritative. Reliable in that we can trust it to tell us all that we need to know about God, salvation, and about living our lives in this world. And authoritative in that as believers, we are to be obedient to it. Not only for obedience sake, but because it's what's best for us. It's what brings us that hope and joy and peace. So there are four ways that the scripture is used to help us grow. The first one is the teaching of others. And this would be like sermons or going to a Sunday school, what you would read in a book or hear on a podcast. Being sure to check that whatever you are being taught, to check it against scripture, that it's not somebody's opinion of biblical truth, but they have scripture to back up what it is that they are telling you. There are many out there with half truths, and it sounds good but it's not biblical. So be careful. The second way is by regular Bible reading. And this is having some kind of a reading plan, or I've talked to you before, I believe about a chronological Bible. I love to read a chronological Bible because it really takes all of those stories that you have heard in the past and puts them into context. And so, um, so look for one of those. If you want to like, just sit down and read your Bible straight through from start to finish get a chronological Bible because it's a great way to be able to do that. And the purpose is to not merely read the scriptures, but also to apply them to our lives, that they should cause us to be transformed and to live life differently. Joshua 1, 7 and 8 tells us this, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The third way is through Bible study, and not just reading to know what it says, like I said, but in-depth knowledge and meaning of the scriptures. And this can be done in a small Bible study with one other person, or maybe with a few people. Maybe there's a women's Bible study at your church that you can attend. Um, This can be a topical study, or you can do a book of the Bible, you know, whatever is available to you or whatever you're interested in. It can be done completely on your own by using a study guide or even a journal with prompts that will help you to be able to bring out what the scripture is saying and what it is teaching you and help you to apply it to your life. Even if you are a part of a Bible study, you should also be setting some time aside for your own Bible reading and your own study time because there are always things that God wants to teach just you, things that he's working on you in your life to change and to make you grow spiritually. And then the fourth way is scripture memorization. And this is preparation for what we need in this life. 
And we can do it with memorization cards. We can, you know, write a scripture on the mirror, on the fridge that every time we walk by, we read it and we memorize it. But working to memorize certain passages, or some have even memorized entire chapters of the Bible. Jesus knows scripture and he used it when the enemy tempted him. Scripture is also a part of the armor that God has given us to fight the enemy. In Ephesians 6, 17, it says, And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is the only weapon that we have been given to fight the enemy with. And because it is the only weapon that we need. When we have the truth of God's word in our hearts, when he comes in to feed us lies, then we recognize them and we can rebuke him and send him away. Another tool that the Holy Spirit uses, and this is how they put it in the book, and I love how he says this, providentially directed circumstances that teach us, which clearly put are the trials and challenges in our lives. Spiritual discipline includes admonition, which is the counseling, giving advice or direction, reproofing in pointing out sin in our lives and correction in changing our behavior to become more like Christ. Sometimes this is done in the form of these providentially directed circumstances that teach us what the changes are, what it is that we need to change in our lives and how to change them. In Titus 2, 11 and 12, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. In this verse, the word teach means admonition, reproof, and punishment, all administered in love for the benefit of the child. It's the same word that's used in Ephesians 6, 4, where it talks about the father's bringing up their children in the training and admonition of the Lord, teaching in the same way that a loving parent teaches their child, as opposed to, say, how a drill sergeant is going to teach a soldier. The challenges and difficulties that we face are oftentimes the Holy Spirit teaching us and admonishing us, and quite frankly, it is where he does his best work. I mean, stop and think about it for a minute. Think about a time when you struggled and had challenges in your life and you didn't know what to do, didn't know where to turn, and you cried out to your Abba Father and said, Lord, help me. Or maybe you even cried out to the Holy Spirit and said, help me, help me know what to do. And they were there for you and you learned from them and it changed your life. We all have these circumstances where we have finally come to a point where we depend on Christ, we put our trust in him, and he guides us and teaches us, and we grow spiritually in this way. We learn the most and have the most effective changes in our godly character when we are faced with the trials and the difficulties that cause us to rely on the Lord and not on ourselves. It is the circumstances in our lives that require us to fully depend on God and his way of doing things. And this is what changes us the most. It is also during these times that the Holy Spirit calls to our remembrance what we have learned. If you recall, I read earlier in John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. 
The Holy Spirit can't help us in our time of need by reminding us of the truth and the promises that we have been taught in God's word if we have not taken the time to learn them. If we have not made reading God's word and studying God's word a priority in our lives. Ladies, I have given you a lot of information today. However, it's not going to do us any good if we don't allow God to change us by applying it to our lives. So I have a little heart check for you. A few questions for you to answer for yourself personally. The first one is, am I trying to grow in my own strength or am I dependent on the Holy Spirit? Are you trying to pull up those bootstraps and to make sure that you are determined over sin and determined to change? Or are you seeking the Holy Spirit in prayer to renew your mind and to renew your heart in this area? And then the second one, am I following the Holy Spirit's leading when he nudges me to make changes? When he draws you to attend a Bible study or to reach out to somebody and maybe start a a study with them? When he draws you to church or in fellowship with others or to read his word, are you pushing him aside or are you following those nudges? The third one is, where am I on the continuum of a sinful society and the word of God? So on that continuum that we talked about with the sinful society on one end and the word of God on the other, where are you? Are you leaning more towards one side or on the other side? Or are you maybe someplace in the middle? And then what are you allowing to influence you that's going to draw you either closer to our sinful society that we live in or closer to the word of God? And then the last question is, do I have a clear understanding of the goal of the godly wife and mom that God wants you to become of God's precepts and that goal of becoming more like Christ? And then one other question I do have for you is, Do you have the proper textbook? Is it a literal translation or is it someone's interpretation of the scriptures? And are you spending time in it? Are you reading it? Even if it's just 10 minutes a day to start with, but even just a little bit of God's word every day will make such a difference in your life. God has graciously given us the Holy Spirit as our teacher to help us grow spiritually and to become more like Christ. When we grow in the knowledge of God, then we have more peace and more joy in our lives because we are learning his precepts and how to live the life that he has blessed us with, how to be godly wives and to have biblical marriages, how to raise our kids in the Lord. We have learned what God's promises are and how we can fully put our trust in God daily. However, for this to happen, for us to learn these things, we must do our part as the student, which is attending church and Bible study, having that daily quiet time of prayer, devotional, or journaling, either doing a personal or a corporate Bible study time, a topical study, going through a study guide, or maybe even just doing a journal that has prompts in it. During those providentially directed circumstances that we talked about, seeking the Holy Spirit for what he is teaching you through those circumstances and relying on him to see you through. Ladies, this is all a part of our spiritual growth. It's all a part of how God changes us, that Holy Spirit coming in to renew our minds and to make us more like Christ. 
And just let me pray over you in this right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it is our teacher. It is what we can use as our textbook and as our guide for life and how it is that you want us to be, how to have the marriages that we want to have, how to have the relationships with our kids that we want to have, how to grow them up in you and to be followers of you, Lord, just how to even deal with the circumstances around us, how to take care of our finances, how to take care of difficult people at work, just whatever the situation may be, Lord, we can go to your word as our guide and go to the Holy Spirit as our teacher to work in us and to change us, to make us more like you. And as we do this, Lord, you have given us so many promises and how you bring us peace and hope and joy and how in following your direction and your guide for life, Lord, that you come with that that you are with us and that you guide us and that you take care of us and love us and that you see us through and you protect us. And Lord, we thank you so much for that. Lord, I pray over each and every one of these women, Lord, that this would draw them closer to you, that this would draw them to the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to move in their lives, to teach them, Lord, and to give them that peace that only comes from you and in following your precious word. And we thank you for this. And we ask this in your heavenly name, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today, and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.